Hello and welcome to Stories from House Arrest. I'm Jordan Merrick and thank you so much for tuning in. Um, it's obviously been a really tricky week for, for us in Queensland as well as Australia as a whole with um, you know the lockdowns kicking back in in a few states, um, particularly in New South Wales, you know, I really feel so so terrible for, for what you know everyone's going through there. Um, even it's amazing like you know Queensland, we only had a, what, a four or five day lockdown. Um, before we were, you know, allowed to go out again, and e- even in that short time, I know artists have lost thousands of dollars of work, and as you can imagine, as an artist, losing your entire week or potentially your entire fortnight's worth of uh, earnings um, when you've got rent to pay and bills to pay, it's it's pretty, it's pretty hard. So please, um, if you're listening, you know, please support your local artists. If you know any artists that are struggling, just go grab a t-shirt or know buy a record it all goes such a long way um and you know that leads really well into this week's guest who is uh kelsey barrington and he's a a really really great guy really you know special musician and um our our chat was very open and honest and i have a lot of respect for for kelsey and and how open um you know he was willing to be on the show you know we touch from you know, mental health to anxiety to you know even stories that um that had been passed to him through through people you know that he's met on his travels it's really fascinating stuff and you know he talks a lot about you know where he's come from and and also you know the determination on on to going as hard as he can for where he wants to be in life and i think that's one thing that you can admire about every musician is that you when you're a musician you and you're really trying to pursue it you're taking a giant leap of faith into something that's very thankless in so many ways and you know anyone who's willing to do it you know you've got to respect that and i have a lot of respect for kelsey um you know there's obviously a bit more in this podcast than that but um you know i really want to say to him and to everybody listening that it's okay to to open up and to talk about mental health and anxiety and depression and and hardship because the more we open up about it the more we can break the stigma and if we can break the stigma behind mental health and you know put it in the same basket as a, a leg injury you know no one's going to judge you or criticize you they're going to support you and help you heal and i think if we can help each other heal that's going to make a world of difference. So, you know, please look after yourselves, look after your friends and family. Um, you know, as for this podcast, you know, we've got Kelsey on now. Please sit back, relax and enjoy. And as I always say, without further ado, I welcome Kelsey. How are you? How was is, how is last year? How's, how's things? Yeah, I'm doing good. Last year was actually surprisingly really good. It was, um, I know a lot of people had a really crappy year last year and um i fortunately had a good year which is weird for the circumstances i um ended up recording a lot working with a few people um sort of honing a bit more songwriting producing and um yeah i got to spend a lot more time at my little cabin studio and entertain myself by chopping wood and doing all my favorite things like that (laughs) (laughs) being a uh, forest man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, when there's a, a pandemic, there's only one thing I think of doing, and that's chopping wood. So yeah, it must yeah. have been it great. Was a, yeah, it was a blessing <laughs> in disguise. At first, it was a bit annoying because I did have that ticket booked to England, and um, mm. I wanted to go over there and stuff. So it was a bit of a, a, a you know spanner in the works. But um, in the end, it, looking back on it, it was yeah a really fun like you know pretty, uh, creative time for me and my duo partner Pat. 
Yeah, um, great. Yeah, so it's good. Yeah, and it's so handy having like having a studio, no doubt, mm. for a time like that, where if you need to be locked down anywhere, you may as well be locked in with your microphone. Yeah, and yeah, microphone and, and guitar and some uh, sad every- songs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did um, um, did yeah. the time did it shape you like the way you were writing, like the songs that you were writing, or or did you find that because you were so isolated, it didn't really affect? Um, yeah, I wrote a few isolation style songs, sort of thing about being alone. Um, I do quite enjoy solitude and being by myself and being with my scary thoughts. Uh, <laughs> who doesn't like that? But um, <laughs> no, it didn't really change too much my writing or my um, sort of way of working with music. Um, I sort of got a bit more time to relax a bit because I'm a full-time musician. I do mm. just constantly um, doing a lot of busking and stuff. So it gave me some space and time to sit down and process things and, you know, rejig where I wanted to be and what I want to do with music and all yeah. that sort of thing. So it was kind of, yeah, great in that sense, um, terrible in that inspiration sense of, like, yeah. you know, meeting people and getting mm. stories from other people and stuff. Yeah. But, um, Did you find, like, sort of going back to what you said about how you do busking and, and stuff like that, when that all just ceased, like, out of the blue... Uh, was that a shell shock? Like, how how did you approach that? Like, that would have been such a change. Yeah, so I was busking. I, I, I play a lot of markets around. Um, mm. I don't tend to sort of just street busk that much anymore. Um, so I sort of had a structure to it and everything and had booking agents that mm. were booking me for that. Um, and, yeah, it was a bit of a shell shock when it first sort of, you know, they messaged saying that all the markets were shutting down. You're not allowed to busk sort of thing, even in the street anymore. Mm. And I was sort of like, oh okay well how do I make money how do I you know what do I do mm. and um, luckily um, my music is uh, a solo, sole trader job so mm. I managed to get onto JobKeeper and um, so that funded me through mm. COVID which is you know a blessing to be able to do that and yeah unlike so many other countries that you know you're on your own you have no income it's up to you to work out what to do from there yeah, I had that, exactly. You know, yeah. that support of that income support at least to mm. buy guitars and gear and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, feed it back into the economy, which is yeah, why I was exactly. there. Yeah, exactly. Just doing your part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, at the beginning of the lockdown, um, Pat and I actually had a session with Garrett Cotto down in Byron. Um, and we went down, we had two days booked with him. We went down for the first day. And um, during that day, we were just looking at the news periodically and it was just looking at the borders were shutting and like things were going really haywire yeah. and then his daughter came home and she was sick and we were all like oh don't know how this is going and so uh the next morning we woke up um and we just made a dash for the borders because they were like mm. we're closing yeah like oh, cancel that second day and then we got home and sort of went we can record stuff by ourselves like we saw um garrett's studio and it's a cute little studio like probably same size room as this um, yeah. he's got some really beautiful microphones really nice gear but um essentially it was pretty you know standard and yeah. so we were like we could do this so i went out and bought an apollo um uh, uad and microphones and stuff and then we started recording and writing our own you know in our own space out yeah, of my nice. little cabin in the woods yeah so. how do you find like recording like from a studio into your own cabin like do you find do you feel better recording yourself on your own or do you do you prefer working with somebody or yeah it's kind of I like a mix of both I do enjoy the producing aspect of being in my own space and taking time to you know 
um, work on little parts of songs as I go. And also, I, I'm a big fan of um, writing the song as I record it. So I will write a melody line or something mm. with some chords, and I'll record the guitar and then come back over la- later and you know write lyrics to it. And I'm a big fan of doing that. And mm. I think it's a good, for me at least, it's a good way of writing. Um, but I'm also a big fan of letting someone else press the record button and not having to set up microphones and just sort of focusing on the performance aspect and that sort of you know side of recording is a bit more relaxing in the sense of like you know you don't, you're not so it's not so up to you to you know capture everything perfectly yeah. and make sure the guitar sounds good and all that sort of thing that's up to the the engineer but, yeah um, I'm yeah I like both I probably prefer um, in my own studio I like if I have a good session going I prefer it in my own studio but mm. um, I yeah love working with some of my best friends in their studios and stuff so which are you know big proper hundred thousand dollar studios yeah, yeah. <laughs> really fun you to walk play in you and see all the gear it's like yeah I can you're like my studio is nothing <laughs> yeah <laughs> but still it's a great space to you know and I, I'm, I've recently been having people out to record with some other people and mm. stuff which is also really really fun to sort of not have to do the performance aspect of it and just focus on the production side and nerding out about gear and you know yeah making sure that they sound good and, yeah you know, that sort of thing i think um for me with recording one of the big differences like from doing it myself here versus like in a studio is mm. that when you get into the zone and you're starting to write like lines of melody and um, you know, even little bits of percussion. When you get into that yeah. zone, you can just go, and yeah, no one's yeah, gonna say, yeah. "I don't know about that." You can just do everything, and then work it out later. Yeah, and work it out later. It's sort of like a bulk. You build up a massive yeah. portfolio of ideas, and then you can strip them back yeah. afterwards, rather than like you know. So also, studio time costs a lot of money, as as oh, we know. Of and course, yeah. It's nice to be able to do it at your own pace and under your own, you know. Yeah. financial <laughs> strain yeah, definitely. and no one to say oh that doesn't sound good you can work that yeah, out later yeah you can work it out well. and even if it's just ideas that you do take to a studio later it's still yeah. super beneficial I think to do have your own space to work in and all that sort of thing and I'm um, yeah very grateful that I do have that and able to do it and, uh, yeah for sure and have friends that uh, teach me how to do it Sam mm. Hogg especially he, he just um, he's been my guru for sound engineering and producing yeah, just, yeah. nice if I have an idea at three yeah. o'clock in the morning about gear or something or a question, he'll I'll send him a text. Yeah, you're <laughs> just what like, do you think of this microphone? You, know, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you just think about gear and he wakes up. Like, oh. Yeah, he gets the sense. He's yeah, he gets the, the, the shine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I was really curious to ask you because, um, so for those who don't know you, um, so you obviously do solo stuff, but you've also got freight train foxes with yeah. yourself and Pat. Do you like when you approach? like the duo do you approach it like i suppose even from like a performance or a writing aspect (coughs) more differently to how you approach your solo stuff is it very different or is it one and the same um yeah it's sort of um when we're writing together it's quite um i know pat and i both have the same opinions on when we're writing together we really enjoy the like you know bouncing ideas off each other and it's we find it's a lot easier to write together than Seth well at least I find it easier to write with him just to throw ideas at him sorry and um he can make them stick if they stick and he can throw ideas at me and yeah. I can make them stick if they stick and whatnot so it's sort of <clears throat> a lot more freeing in the aspect of having someone another mind to push through you know mm. 
and like getting stuck on certain lines going i need to go to a chorus here but i'm not sure how to get there there's another mind that might know how to get there which is really nice yeah um, sure the way i write at home um by myself is very different to how freight train writes i think but Mm. also when pat and i do write together we'll bring ideas of other songs that we've worked on that we don't feel like are our own songs. So I know that I write really folky stuff and Pat writes really country music. Mm. And um, <clears throat> if he writes something that's a bit more folky and he doesn't really, you know, feel like it's a Pat Kenny song or, you know, that sort mm. of thing, he'll bring it to the table and be like, Hey, do you want to do something with this? And if I like it, then we'll, you know, do it. And same vice versa with me. If I have an idea, it's like um, one of the first songs that we wrote together, Bittersweet, um, was all the verses were just accumulation mm. of verses that I had in this chord progression. I was like, hey, I've got this. I have no idea what a chorus is or a pre-chorus for the song. If you don't touch it, either it's not going to do anything or it's just going to be a song of verses. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a lot of Bob Dylan songs. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, he went away with it and wrote a chorus for it. Mm. And so he, you know, a chorus and a bridge, you know, um, pre-chorus. Mm. And so it was sort of that we took the idea he took the idea and did it in his space rather than mm. together but it was still a together effort of you know 50 50 even yeah. if um like pat and i were talking the other day about um songs like annabelle which is um primarily pat wrote all of that song he mm. he came to me and was like i have this finished song that i don't feel like it's a pat kenny song do we want to do it as freight train and i got my hands on it and sung it in falsetto and he loved that and the way mm. we recorded it was lot of influence on Bonnie Vera and stuff that I sort of brought to him mm. so then again 50-50 effort on you know the creation of the song in the end yeah, which is nice. kind of freeing as such because you're not sort of there's never any um, Simon, Paul Simon and uh, well, Simon and Garfunkel sort of thing where yeah. they Paul Simon goes oh I can do all of this by myself you know because yeah. we are doing stuff by ourselves but to the together collaboration mm. seems to be more fruitful and seems to be more organic for both of us so it's yeah. that sort of you know exciting collaboration which is cool yeah definitely and i think there's something really special when you can find someone you can write with um with different influences yeah and you can definitely. bring them together like i um you know i look at someone like the guns and roses who you know obviously you know, everybody knows them, yeah but yeah. like the fact that they came from like one had like a full blues background one was a yeah, country yeah. writer and the other one was what more like rock, rock and, and rock and roll yeah, yeah, sort of, yeah roll. That, that. so you bring these three aspects together that just don't really make sense and somehow they meld and Adult, a lot of and drugs and alcohol yeah. and you've got the guns and roses yeah a, lot, a lot of Sorry, drugs I and alcohol. Ego. <laughs> yeah but yeah. uh no it's just something really special mm, definitely and yeah it's also very nice to i know well from other songwriting sessions and stuff that i've had that writing in front of people is quite intimidating and like Mm. letting your guard down and you know um being vulnerable in front of someone's scary and pat and i were definitely not naturals at it straight away we we were both very guarded but nowadays it's you know we both have the same sense of humor and our yeah terrible dad jokes just you know the whole time and neither of us get um shy about bad lines or anything you you know (laughs) we're not sort of going oh if we say that will it be a bit like you know cliche or you know we yeah. just say it and then if the other person doesn't like it we just you know move on sort of thing it's not, yeah exactly it's yeah. not you know heartbreaking if pat doesn't like one of my lines or i don't know one of pat's sort of oh that's good so, and you need that if you're gonna co-write yeah, as yeah. well right um 
That's the whole point of it, really. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> to get the other opinion. And, yeah, know. if everyone just says, oh, I love everything. I'm the, I don't think anything, anything should change. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. It wouldn't, it's not it wouldn't really co-writing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Have you done much co-writing with, with people? No, not really. <laughs> I've done a little bit here and there, but I don't know. I've, I've always... It's something sort of similar, like what yeah. you're saying, like letting your guard down and doing it. Yeah. I've always definitely. struggled with it. Um, I think just because of the way I write lyrics, mm. it's just generally really personal yeah yeah even though i, I mainly are fiction which is ridiculous to yeah think about. So but it's still it comes from a, but it's, it comes from a spot yeah inside, and so. I, I find i have to be really in the zone so when i've mm. tried it sometimes it's just um yeah it's tricky but yeah it's something i like i definitely enjoy and i, I definitely see a lot of merits in it and i think if you can have people like i've definitely got people who while i don't maybe co-write say a song um People like um, Lewis, who um, so Louis who plays um, like uh, bass, bass yeah, yeah, yeah. Like someone like him, he's a great foil for me in the sense that I can bring him stuff, and yeah. he'll give me feedback on it. He'll work out, like say, a bass part stuff that I yeah, have not and it really... might influence you a sort of yeah, way exactly. Or, or yeah. If, oh, yeah. what do you think of changing this? It's like I'm really open to stuff like that. Yeah, so it's really good to have. I think you need at least another mind on your. Yeah, definitely. At least like a, a filter to sort of you know. Yeah. Make sure that what you're doing, is what you yeah. think you're doing. Sort of yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. And especially if they if they like it. I mean, at least if you know that they're not afraid to give you feedback mm. on something, and they like it, you know you're on the right path. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like I play songs for my mum, and she goes, oh, "That's amazing," and I go, "Well." Every uh, song you yeah. say is amazing, so you're yeah. not the best, you yeah. know. <laughs> best I tried to explain that to my mum too. I was like, Mum, I'm sorry about your bias. I love, I'm not yeah. biased. And I know my mum's <laughs> going to listen to this, and I, I love her feedback. And I know that she keeps telling me that she, she isn't biased, and she does tell me if things are shit, but she hasn't told me when things are shit when they probably are shit. Yeah. So, you know. Shout sorry, out mom. to mum. Yeah, <laughs> shout out mum. You're, you're mom. my number one fan. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, actually, speaking of, of like your mum and family what was music like in your house growing up like was it a very musical house or was it just yeah um well my family's quite um creative my mum's an actor and oh, um, cool. my dad's a musician he um well he was a musician in his past life he's a instrument repairer now he owns a music shop in red hill um mm. but uh yeah there's, so there's always been music around i used to play saxophone um when i was younger didn't really want to do that anymore mm. when i was you know sort of in primary school mm. and um but yeah there was always i remember there was one album that uh really stuck with me it was the um graceland by paul simon that was just on in the house all the time mm. i remember mum telling me about uh you can call, uh, call me out there's a bass line that's reversed in it and my mum my used to go this part's reversed and i go wow how do they do that i don't know but it's reversed <laughs> <laughs> so i used to be really enamored with that sort of thing and yeah. think that um, underlying sort of folk stuff came out later on in, you know, my musical endeavours. Yeah, nice. So you so you play music from a young age. When did you decide that... Actually, was there a moment where you decided, I want to do music, or was it always just like that? Like, Yeah, I think if there was a moment that I did that, it was before I was consciously thinking, like, you know, well, before my memory can remember. Mm. So I started playing guitar when I was about 10, I think. Um, for no reason known to me why I just sort of decided one day that I wanted to play guitar and I saved up 150 bucks and went out and bought a guitar and um, yeah it was sort of just always a I sort of just knew I was going to play music at one like you know in my life there was no other career option that sort of 
I had in the back burner or anything like that. I mm. wanted to be a pilot for a bit, but that didn't stick. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I think that we sounds all, great. I just checked the, yeah. uh, the amount of study and work that goes. Uh, yeah, and you're sort of like, oh. I can pay for a plane mm. ticket. Yeah, yeah, I can just, you know. It's a bit easier. It doesn't <laughs> seem like that much fun now, but <laughs> I think there's a, there's a theory because, you know, a lot of musicians love recording studios and all the knobs and everything, and it's kind of like a cockpit. It's kind of yeah. like a, you know. It's like a poor man's plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, poor man's plane. Some of that stuff costs more than planes do. I know. I can't, but yeah. um, yeah. So I think I wanted to be a pilot, but, but yeah, forever I've always wanted to be a musician. I never. I finished. I I left school in grade ten because I just sort of didn't need it. I was. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I wanted to do since I was ten at least. And, yeah. Uh, so I just I finished school in grade ten. I um did a uh, maths and English course to get my grade 12 equivalent and then yeah. I did a um, music degree in SO3 SO4 sorry in music down in Melbourne nice. and so I yeah did that sort of thing and then busked after that and mm. you know, just sort of kept on going yeah has the the style that you, you play always been the same like have you always wanted to play no no, no. Uh, <laughs> Much to my mum's dismay, I played punk music for the first excellent, excellent. seven years of my guitar playing. Like I bought this guitar and I went to my first guitar lesson and he showed me Green Day and Blink-182. And that just changed my oh, world man. for you know, <laughs> <laughs> far too long. And so I just, yeah, I played in punk bands and all sorts of things all through high school and all that sort of stuff. And I only really got into folk music when I was about 16, 17, I think. Yeah, about 17, I... Um, heard a song called The Running Girl by Passenger and um, I was like I have to learn this I just really have to learn this I don't know like it's not the most amazingly written song it's just mm. like a really thoughtful beautiful song and I just went I really need to learn how to play this and mm. so I sat there and I didn't even own a capo so I taped a pencil to my <laughs> neck of the guitar on my like this little buzzy acoustic guitar that I had and learned how to play the song well tried to learn how to play it and then um, yeah it was all just downhill from there and I just <laughs> learned every passenger song and got into you know all that sort of folk side of it and then went through my Ed Sheeran phase when I was you know 18, 19 and then yeah sort of continue from there yeah true now that's so funny it's it was sort of similar I used to play mainly like heavy rock sort of emo yeah cool yeah yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff even like that's what I used to write and then I literally just um rediscovered Bob Dylan and I was just like man this guy writes such good songs why do my songs stink <laughs> and that was it for me I was like okay, yeah I need to learn off this guy and that just got me down the, the folk rabbit hole and yeah cool yeah as no, you said it's great, all downhill yeah. from there and Bob Dylan know? is such a diverse influence as well because he does do that sort of well he went for that rock sort of thing as well so yeah. it's like there's something for everyone in Bob Dylan's music, for Literally, sure. Literally, yeah. yeah. Unless if you don't like his voice, then you just... Uh, even, yeah, even then you can get past I find there's a lot of songs that I... Um, lots of the covers of other other artists that do his songs, I mm. like more than his ones. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah it's, he's still, yeah. Um, yeah, amazing. Big influence on Pat Pat's writing and my writing as well, definitely. Yeah. yeah. He's the... Uh, the godfather of that, that mm. sort of music, really. You know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was going to ask as well, like, actually, this is sort of touching back to what you're saying about, like, when you're in lockdown. With your inspiration, like, do you write, like, how personal do you go with your writing? Do you write, like, a lot of fictional stuff or do you go, like, and dive into your own life much in your writing? Um, yeah, it's all, I would say, 95% is, well, probably, you know, 70% is personal experiences and, you know, breakups and all that sort of stuff. The first... 
first album was one about one breakup like it was just the whole <laughs> whole album was written about that and um i i have you know grown as a songwriter since then and and um i do write stories and stuff now but mostly the stories are about people that i know or people i meet while busking and stuff like that like i have a song called live, live and let die which is about a guy that had a chat um a few years ago now it's probably a year and a half two years ago um and he he came up from uh, sydney and his wife had died mm. a year earlier and um he she was from brisbane he's from sydney they met in sydney they lived their whole life down there he'd never been up here so he was just like up adventuring seeing where she was from mm-hmm. and um he so he sat down and was just like chatting to me about this sort of thing and i sort of went wow this is really deep and he told me some poetry that he wrote and mm. one of the lines was you once were here but now you're not and I went, oh, that's great. Do you mind if I write that down? He goes, yeah, of course, of course. So I write that down on my phone and then uh, sort of put some lines together on the train ride home. And then I was living in the city at the time and got back to my little apartment and sat down and wrote this, one well, probably my favourite song that I've ever written about this guy. Mm. And uh, it's the most depressing shit in the, oh, in the world. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's that sort of thing that I really get excited by is those stories and yeah. And yeah, life experiences. My newest single that came out was about a breakup again, but um, about being stuck in a city. Uh, my um, one of my ex partners broke up with me via text after I got off a plane down on going on tour down to Canberra, and uh, so it was great. I had a festival booked up, oh, so man. I was sitting in a tent in winter in Canberra, so I was freezing my ass off, heartbroken, and so I just sort of went, "Oh, this is a great time to write a song." Yeah, so, yeah. that. The song you mentioned before about that guy and his and his past wife. Have, have you released that? Not yet. No. So that song. Um, I've recorded right? that song about four times now because. Oh wow. It's my fa- It's my all-time favorite song that I've written, and it's a lot of other people's favorite song when they hear it live and stuff. And so I really want to do it justice, and I think I've got a version of it that I'm really happy with. So. Oh, excellent. Which is really funny because, it was the most half-assed version that I've done via recording ways I'd put no effort in I put a microphone in front of him, like two mics one on guitar one on vocals and I played it live just in my little studio and was, my next door neighbour was mowing his paddock across the across the way and so you could kind of hear that in the background and so I just sort of went I'll oh, just demo it and see what comes out and I did a really good version of it and then I was like oh shit there's this lawnmower in the background and so I sent it to Sam and was like my, my guru and was like can I do anything with this and he goes yeah of course I can do, do something with this mm. And he managed to isolate the sound of oh, the yeah. of the um, lawnmower mm. and get rid of it completely. And so the song's completely usable. <laughs> oh wow! How good. Yeah, yeah, which is a yeah. blessing, you know. Although He's... the lawnmower might be cool. Isn't it? Yeah, a yeah, bit, it really sets, sets of... the tone for death and and you know a marriage gone, you know, from the from the <laughs> past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing like someone just tending to their lawn. <laughs> <laughs> it's metaphorical lawn. <laughs> The lawn of our souls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Inner lawns. <laughs> Remind me after this to, to tell you about I've got a a, a l- more sorry a lawn mowing song. Oh, Remind do me to tell you about. <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> story. I feel for like there's a day. big market for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, man. It's coming. Mm. Uh, so we met um, at Listen Up Music. Um, yeah. That was the first time we met, right? I think, like, officially, yeah. Yeah, I know. I followed you for a little while on social media and stuff. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> I think... Um, no, I met you through um, through Ruby, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, a little, like, one of my ex-partners, to the people that don't know. Um, we met through her, I think. Um, 
would have mm. been two or three years ago, I think. Yeah, because... But not officially until about, about the listen up sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. So, official meeting then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's funny with the Brisbane scene. You meet so many people, you don't yeah, know you've met yeah. them until you've met them again. <laughs> like, you bump oh, into so yeah. many people and you go, oh, I never say... I shouldn't say this, but uh, I'm going to give away my little, my little bit of... Um, trick to meeting people is that I never say uh, nice to meet you I say it's good to see you ah because excellent you never then know. if you don't know if you've met them before and you have met them it's better than going up and going oh nice to meet you and they go oh, we've already met and yeah. it gets really awkward so you just say nice to see you again yeah and then well nice to see you and then even if they haven't met you before they just go oh he was, oh, a, he was a nice guy oh know? yeah it is yeah. nice isn't it yeah. yeah cut this part out so nobody, <laughs> nobody yeah, yeah. knows now whenever i say nice to see you to someone yeah. i go he doesn't remember me I, don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's some pretty juicy podcast uh, yeah, gossip some, here. yeah gossip that, right there. that'll get the hits yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clickbait yeah clickbait <laughs> find out kelsey's way of avoiding social conflict <laughs> Oh, maybe that should be the title of the episode. I don't know. <laughs> Kelsey's what? tricks to com- uh, social conflict. <laughs> Coming from the oh. social social anxiety master himself. Yeah, how to win friends and re-meet friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. That's got, that's got bestseller written yeah, all over it. Yeah, there we go. That's, that's, uh... Oh, God. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We, we obviously, we, we re-met uh, when mm. you said it was nice to see me yeah. uh, at uh, the Listen Up Music with... Uh, Yourself and Pat, so Freight Train Fox is playing, mm. and uh, it was. I don't know about you. I, I love the reason I love to listen up music events is just how open the talk on mental yeah, health definitely. is. And it's, yeah, the very first time, sort of give you a bit of a backstory when I got into them. Um, so Ali messaged me to be a judge on, mm. I think it was 2017 or 18 panel, actually, it would have been 2018, I think. Yeah. And, like, it was really funny at the time. Like, there was this out of the world. I was like, oh, why not? I'm not really into... I don't really like songwriting competitions. No, I'm the, I'm the same. I don't like them either. But, yeah. But listen up. The the one that you're talking about, it was amazing. I'm so glad that we entered it and so glad yeah. that we did it. Because it was just... It was more than a than a songwriting competition, I think. Yeah, it totally is, isn't it? And, that, like, I said yes because I was like, well, there's no harm in saying yes. I'm not a mm. massive fan of it. But, oh, mental health theme, it sounds okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just blown away by how, how open it was and how freeing it was to be in a room where people could just talk about it. Definitely, yeah. And, um, like, I was going through some shit at the time too and I just felt... I felt so grateful to have been introduced to something like that. Because, you know, even, like, especially as, as men... Um, it's still not always easy to talk about, you know, mental mm, health definitely, and yeah. uh, even things like, you know, anxiety of any sort. It's mm. never easy. Um, There's always that underlying, you know, toughen up. Yeah, know. exactly. Um, and I, I, that's what I found so powerful and refreshing about mm. Listen Up is how, how open it was. And um, that's why I loved it. Um, yeah, I feel the same. It's uh, like I've mentioned a few times, I have a lot of anxiety. And especially I found last year my anxiety was really good and then um this year it's just gone a little bit too much and so i've sort of started cutting back some things Mm. um i deal with a bit of chronic pain and stuff so i have to navigate that with my anxiety and my anxiety causes the chronic pain and stuff so it's a bit bit of a balance and uh yeah it's a tricky thing yeah yeah but uh the more you know i've sort of been dealing with this stuff for you know years and years but um the more you talk about it, the more you find out that other people are going through the same thing and the more, you know, more support you get. And, you know, I've talked to some friends and gone, oh, yeah, I have these these stomach pains that, you know, cause my anxiety and all this sort of stuff. And they go, mm. oh, I've got that too. And you go, mm. oh, sweet. Let's, let's, 
have a beer and, <laughs> and yeah, talk about how, how, yeah. how terribly anxious we are. Yeah. It's so funny, eh? especially with the stomach pain mm. one. Um, when I when I first started getting anxiety, that was like a big thing. It was the one of the worst parts. Yep. And um, no one, unless you've had it, it's very hard to know, to explain to people yeah. what it is. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's not. It's fun, like just eh? this constant pain, like you know, cramping your stomach, and you're, you're like, like, oh, it's so like a running like, stitch. Uh, like, no, no. I was like, I'm trying to calm down now. Can you stop? Yeah, so. yeah. It's it's not. Really, it's not. Yeah, it's hard to. Yeah. It's like telling the depressed person to go for a walk and get some fresh air. Yeah, definitely. Won't work. You yeah. Know, it's you know, it's only if you understand it and understand how it works, and it's yeah, you know, yeah, sort of definitely. Thing. And it's good. Like I think as well, and a good part about being, like being open about it, is that. The more you talk about it, I think the more it helps you understand what causes your anxiety. Sometimes Definitely, when you yeah. bottle it in, you're trying to work it out in your head. That's just your anxiety going crazy. Yeah, and, yeah. And your mind's just bouncing at 100 miles an hour. But when you can talk about it and um, put it into context. And being conscious about it and all that sort of thing. Yeah, like, definitely. That's another step for me was not realizing that I was anxious and mm-hmm. like just going through things and just being like, oh, I'm just worried about too much stuff. You know, I'm just... I'm just worried. It's fine. I'm low, you know. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm quite good at just pushing through things and just doing, getting mm. it done, sort of thing. So I have, you know, X amount of gigs booked for the week, and I'll be panicking my ass off about them, but I'll still turn up to them and still do them and still, you know, get through them. Yeah. Just because I've learned how to do that, and it's sort of, you know, mm. easy for me to do that, but at the same time, it's not pleasant to do it, sort of thing. Yeah. And so it's yeah. that realization of oh, I need to slow down. I need to, you know. Which is another great thing about last year was the slowing down. Like, yeah. I'm not sure if that was something that like you resonated with or anything, mm. but since the slowdown last year, I feel like there's been a big emphasis on like, you don't have to go 100 kilometers an hour. You know, mm. you don't have to book every gig you can. You don't have to um, be the most successful fucking musician in the world. You don't have to, you know, there's a lot of stress taken off a lot of the arts, I think, in yeah. the sense of like, everyone was just burning, well, at least I was just burning myself out yeah to sure. a massive extent and uh i kind of you know reveled in that mm. peace and stillness that was um last year yeah and it's funny i've actually had a lot of people um like especially doing this podcast say that the same thing about the gigs about mm. wow i don't we don't have to book a gig a week yeah um, yeah and i think people now like are I think coming back into it, they're like, okay, I want to appreciate this a bit more. It's Definitely, not just, yeah. oh, let's take it for granted. Let's do every little gig. Let's just do moments that we can remember and yeah, yeah. feel special. It's and- not all about the, the like, I think the, I think it took, a, it took away a lot of the prestige of like, more is better sort of thing. Yeah. And like, you know, you see a lot of social media and stuff. And because last year was so slow, there wasn't so much of that social media of, um, like that that FOMO of missing out on you know mm. you see your mates playing all these amazing gigs you're like oh I need I need to book those things I need to you know kick yeah, my ass definitely. into gear and you know it's that motivation sense but also that you know you're comparing yourself to something that you shouldn't be comparing yourself to yeah. and because not much of that was happening last year it was a big break from that you know uh, comparison on social media and at least for me it was like yeah. big like relief of oh, I'm a musician just mm. as equal as a lot of other people and, you know, not having a lot of self-doubt. Yeah. Well, having a lot of self-doubt previously mm. and then coming into last year of being able to re- reassure myself that, you know, no one's able to do anything. It's not just it's not just me yeah. that's, you know, yeah. that's slowed down. Everyone's slowed down. Everyone's, you know, struggling. Everyone's in the same boat here. Yeah. And we always have been sort mm. of thing. Yeah, definitely. 
Do you think with um, like with regards to mental health and music, because obviously it's quite a problem like in the music Definitely. industry. Yep. Um, I can't remember what, what study I read, but it was something like musicians are what, 10 times more likely to have mental health issues than... I think it's almost guaranteed that you'd yeah, have... Yeah. Basically, I mean, That's 10 formal. times more... You've got to have mental well. health issues to do music. Yeah, yeah, universe, yeah it's so, a prerequisite. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you think... Um, like, it doesn't have to just be from last year, but do you think that... Um, the music community is opening up more about it. Like, have you seen it? Like, I know there's obviously you see it in articles and stuff, but have you felt in the like the local community that it's becoming more open between musicians? Definitely, yeah, yeah. I um not just from like listen up, um competitions and stuff that was a big eye opener in the whole you know everyone's in the same boat sort of thing and everyone cares about everyone mm-hmm. else equally. Um, because before last year and before, um you know, all the sort of more opening up about mental health and everyone coping together. Mm. I did feel like there was a lot of closed offness and a lot of um, a lot of people's guards were up sort of thing. And a lot of mm. um, a lot of people were trying to hide if they were, you know, anxious or had depression or whatnot. Yeah. And nowadays it's a lot more accepted and, and like it's understood. And like I had a, a booking agent call me the other day and... Um, who I had a chat with earlier, um, a couple of weeks before, prior about my anxiety and stuff and, and, and mm. stomach, well, we just touched on it. We didn't really discuss anything. And, mm. and he called me up, um, a couple of weeks ago and he's just sort of on the phone went, Hey, just wanted to, you know, check because we didn't finish that conversation. Do you want to have a chat? And so mm. someone that I never thought would, you know, care yeah. essentially, well, you know, to an extent yeah. was just calling me up to, you know maybe to see if I wanted to play a gig, but also to check on, you know, how I was doing and following up on a conversation that, you know, fled my mind previously. And so... Yeah, for sure. It was kind of, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, people are opening up a lot more to that sort of... And I think what you just said as well is like a perfect example of why opening up is so important. Um, You know, you have, say, a booking agent who might not be going through anything themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm just hypothetical you've opened up to him and it stayed with him because you've opened up to him. Yeah. So all of a sudden he's now being conscious about it. You know, he's going to calling you. He's not just going to skip over it. Cause all yeah, of a sudden exactly. it's like, or is wow, it touched him? Thing. Yeah. Touched you, someone. Yeah, in some if you way. break your ankle and you told him you broke your ankle, is he going to ask you how your ankle is? Of course. Mm. So I think the more we break the walls down around mental health, the more yeah. people will just realize it's a part of everyday life. It's I think literally, yeah, exactly that. It's um, not just in the arts as well. It's I think it's just a greater you know problem. Obviously, that like everyone has have, yeah. has problems, and no matter what field you work in, I mm. think the arts are just a little bit more um, taxing on your mental you know stability and, yeah, and your emotions a bit more. For lack of money, <laughs> for lack of money, lack of you know. Yeah. Um, for also artists are a lot more like emotionally. Um, connected i think with themselves and so it's a bit more like you're more aware of what's going on inside your brain not saying that anyone else isn't less aware or anything but because you analyze that and use that in your songwriting or playing instrument or whatnot or painting even or you know dancing on the stage you're a lot more aware of that thing and your emotions are a bit heightened and a bit more not extreme but you know just more conscious of them and that also has a taxing effect on you i think yeah, and then there's a beauty in being able to turn off your emotions sometimes, and you know, 
going to go go to work and just come home mm. and you know sit with your partner and enjoy the evening rather than going to work coming home thinking about work thinking if you did your job right if you could have yeah. been better if you said something silly to someone if you you know you know there's a whole yeah of course snowball yeah. effect that you can get and i think the arts has that snowball effect throughout it sort of thing yeah 100% 100% like the other day um, at my gig i had a complete mind blank on some lyrics of a song I've played hundreds of times. I could do it with my eyes closed. I could sing yeah. it while I'm asleep. And it's so funny, like, the gig was fantastic, but even, like, the next day, I just think, oh, I can't believe I've yeah, that lyric. literally, you're on a, such a high yeah. for the night, and then all of a sudden, you're like, why am I depressed? Why do yeah. I hate myself all of a sudden? Yeah, and I was thinking about it, and, like, I think especially, like, for anyone who has anxiety, mm. it's such a common thing. You do one thing, and just plays on your mind yeah or yeah and nobody ever knows it yeah. yeah yeah exactly like and even like i was talking to some people some people who knew the song really well and knew that i it's good yeah, yeah and we laughed about it because it's funny but it's funny to them it, it's, not even, it's, it's not even yeah. like oh you screwed that up you're yeah. a bad musician it's like yeah. no they have to me, a, like i think it's yeah. funny but i'm like yeah yeah it still just sticks around your mind but mm-hmm. then like you know i, I think when you can laugh about it and then you can be like you know what yeah it's so silly to even think about it and like i don't really care like i've done it I change lyrics to songs all the time accidentally. And I'm just yeah, like, exactly. Man. And change verses. As long as it's not like a harmony part. Yeah. <laughs> then it gets <laughs> all That's when it's a bit, bit hard to hide. Yeah. Sorry, Pat. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I forget lots of lyrics and Pat has to correct me. Oh. I look over at him and he'll usually mouth the word at me and then I'll go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. But, um, speaking yeah. of that sort of stuff where like the next day, I always find that when you play a big gig like that, like with a band and there's lots of people having a good time, mm. it's kind of like a drug. And then when you're sitting in your car in silence driving home and you still just start going oh this is the come down this is you yeah know, i start analyzing what just happened and you know yeah that silence is kind of a you know a scary thing after so yeah. much noise and so much you know energy yeah to quote um the great bob dylan mm-hmm. uh, the silence can seem like thunder Perfect. Yeah. Line for yeah. every moment. Does line for every moment. Literally, he's <laughs> man, he's got enough. He's got a song for every moment. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally, he's lived yeah. a life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, yeah, it's a strange thing to sort of grasp your head around and you know figure out. And I don't think I will ever be the master of it, and I don't think you will ever be the master of it. And as long as you cope the ways that you can do it, sort of thing, I think it's you know long as you're enjoying yourself yeah exactly <laughs> as long as the highs are higher than the lows yeah low. exactly you just yeah. got to tip the scale yeah exactly favor. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well uh, you know kelsey thanks so much for coming on it's, no, thanks, it's Jordan. Been, thanks for having me oh. no nah, it's been fantastic man glad it's the so stars good. finally aligned for us i know i know literally <laughs> neither of us yeah neither of us are sti- sick today or, yeah, yeah yeah no it's worked out well yeah. so i want to end it with one question yep my favorite one um what is something or someone that you're grateful for something or someone or anything i'm grateful for two things and they're two people uh pat very grateful for him for um having pushed me to be more open with my songwriting and you know helping and being the driving force behind freight train he's such a mm-hmm. big influence on me and such a you know so grateful to have him in my life and the other one's my mum. she's the most supportive person in the world and I love the bits and also my partner she's great but, um, <laughs> you know, they're all great massive uh, structural integrity to my to my life so yeah wonderful no. yeah. you gotta have people like yeah that. exactly yeah. yeah well thanks so much for coming on no, thanks for joining us yeah.